Tell me, though, what's his technique? That last strike, it seems invincible. This is Carl Stout, and welcome to the covering of Power Man and Iron Fist number eight. Uh, this is our third time trying to record this podcast for you guys. We have been running into technical difficulties like nobody's business. Uh, this issue is called Jailbreak. Uh, the first standard cover has Luke and four other people walking towards the viewer, us, with what looks like two cops knocked down in front of them. Uh, the second cover, which is uh, one of the Defender variants, is absolutely beautiful. It's got uh, Danny in the air with cheat-charged Eskrima sticks, wearing his ASIC sneakers, going to the right as Luke Cage is down low, fist raised, going to the left in his uh, yellow dress shirt and suit pants and vest with tie. Uh, the artwork is unbelievable. In the background behind Luke, we have the Harlem Movie Theater, which is fantastically done. And this is where Luke had his office over the theaters back in the day. And I think he actually took over ownership in later issues. And behind Danny is a fantastic uh, 1950-esque sci-fi style Kun Lun. Absolutely fantastic looking. Uh, next page... Uh, we have the normal write-up with the little info of what has been going on in the past issues. And we have the credits writer, David Walker, artist Sanford Green and Flaviano. I think there might be a few other artists, too, that they're not giving credit to. Because the art style, once again, seems to bounce back and forth on pages. Uh, color artist, John Rausch. Letterer in production, V.C. Clayton Cowles. Cover artist, Sanford Green. Variant cover artist, that's for the Defender cover, is Pascal Ferry. Title page design is Nicholas Russell. Assistant editor, Kathleen Wazinski. And editor, Jake Thomas. Editor-in-chief, Axel Alonzo. Chief Creative Officer Joe Quesadilla. Yes, that's how I will always say his name, so don't correct me. <laughs> Publisher Dan Buckley, Executive Producer Alan Fine. Our first page brings us to Seagate Prison many, many years ago. And we have a young Carl Lucas in a jail cell being visited by two shady security guards who um, give him a bloody beatdown in his cell. 
and uh, kind of really liked how this was set up with the artwork, the shading, the splatter, the interesting panel layout, and it is all good. And uh, the very last panel is uh, Carl Lucas, a.k.a. Luke Cage, making two promises to himself. First, to get out of here alive and turn his life around and do something good. And second, to make sure he never goes back. Our next page is Kun Lun many years ago. Uh, thankfully, the artist corrected Danny's eye color. He's back to blue. He's with the monks. Facing off again at the cavern where you must face your inner demons. And it shows him going through and the demons attacking. And uh, it states that in Kunlun you actually only need to go through the prison of the demons one time. Yet he never stopped going. He'd never stopped fighting the loneliness and abandonment and helplessness and never will. It's who I am. And he, of course, is much bigger and buff at the end here. And now we go to the next page, which is Rikers Island Prison 36 hours ago. And yes, if you haven't figured this out, I'm unfortunately having to do this podcast solo. Uh, again, this is the third attempt. Uh, Connor, unfortunately, had to go do a couple things because adulting in life happens. So, hopefully he will uh, chime in and give his two cents at the end of this recording, because he still is our editor. Here we have Danny apologizing, sorry, it's who I am, and Luke basically going, it's who you are. What kind of fiddle-faddle is that? And Danny is like, I'm taking a moral stand. Luke is like, a moral stand? You're rich and white, can afford to take a moral stand outside the walls of this prison. I talked to Foggy Nelson, Daredevil reference, and he can get you out of here on a bond until you go to trial. Now, quit playing the role of the goody-goody white liberal trying to make a point that only other white liberals understand. And Danny then corrects him that he's doing this for the guys that are in there. The guys that hired them for protection are now, for the most part, in this jail. Most of them innocent. And he is protecting them because it was what he was hired to do and he will not abandon them. And uh, Luke makes the wonderful comment that everyone in prison says they're innocent. And Luke fires, or Danny rather, fires right back with, you are in prison and you are innocent, which makes the perfect next panel of Luke Cage with basically the, uh, look on his face like busted. And for some unknown reason, Danny's eyes are now brown again. And on the very last panel, Luke's forehead has grown to the size of a thumb. Don't ask me what's going on there. But he asks, okay, what's the plan? And Danny basically says, I don't know, but whatever you come up with, I'm sure it'll be badass. So he just lumps it right back on the Luke, which is awesome. And this brings us now to the decommissioned shield safe house, where Luke is trying to push his forehead back into shape after it growing to the size of a giant thumb. And he's basically 
freaking out with what's going on about how people he cares about are in lockup and he can't do a thing about it and it's getting to him people are fighting left and right over stupid stuff instead of reaching out for Captain America or Daredevil he's stuck with this crew that's helping him and then Gadget and Senior Magico proceed to get in a fight over the tablet with the software that's causing all the problems uh In this fight, Gadget makes the mistake of saying there's a big difference between technology and magic, and magic isn't even real. And Senior Magico in Spanish basically says, oh, really? And Luke Cage is on the last panel holding his face just going, oh, sweet Christmas. And we go back to the prison where Danny is in the yard sitting at a picnic table with Bobby the Brute Clue, actually a very sensitive Dread Lewis Cruz because he has dreads, Shadrick Mangler Daniels, Innocence, Carlos Gamecock Cabrera, guilty-ish but reformed, and little Ben Donovan, also innocent, brings over Keith Augustine, also innocent, introduces him to Danny, Uh, Danny said, Ben brought you to me for a reason. He'll protect you, blah, blah, blah. And there's more to this story. And Ben tells Keith to break it down for Danny. And Keith basically tells Danny that he was walking down the street, minding his own business with his girlfriend, when the goon squad showed up, busted out of their van, snagged his girl, pulled her off, proceeded to give him a whooping like it had been sent priority mail. Next thing you know, these mass mothers are handing me over to the cops talking about how they picked me up on an outstanding warrant. Thing is, I'm straight, bro. No priors, no outstanding, nothing. I don't even have library fines or a credit card debt. And he's in, like, breaking down in tears. Danny comforts him, comes, it's all right. And Keith is like, you don't understand. I've been here a month. No charges, no arraignment. I'm just here. I've done nothing wrong. And then we have a panel, each of two of the other guys that are with Danny, basically saying they had the same thing happen to them. That they've been flying straight for years, their records been cleared, and these guys just jumped them and threw them in jail, and that's it. Signed, sealed, and delivered. No court dates, no trials. Now we have a very stern look on Danny Rand's face as he says, We'll find them and we'll get out of here. You can believe that. My partner is working on that right this very minute. And speaking of partners, we go back to the S.H.I.E.L.D. sanctuary where Gadget is now a very large frog sitting on top of a desk. And Senior Magico just has his hands up going, he's the one who said magic wasn't real. And now uh, Luke basically breaks down what we just found out from Keith's story. That... This electric, whatchamacallit, that has facial recognition program connected to a police database can be altered by who designed this thing. It can give someone a criminal record that doesn't have one. 
and make them guilty when they haven't done a thing. And it's a dangerous weapon, you understand? Someone has been using it on innocent people. So the zoo crew he has here apologizes and they get back to work. Now that Gadget has figured out how the device actually works, they need to figure out who actually built it. So Gadget turns back to human from a frog. Magico apologizes because sometimes seems our magical blood burns hot. And he asks Senior Magico if he can see who built this using magic. Senior Magico basically says that with his mystic powers, he can scan for spiritual imprints and residual traces of psi-kinetic energy that are more accurate than a DNA test. So, using his magic, he waves his hand over the tablet and finds it odd that the object has been protected by a spell of denial. And the spell has been cast on everything, just not the, not only the actual physical parts, but the software itself, which of course causes another argument with Gadget saying you can't cast a spell on encoded information, that's ridiculous. And Luke chimes in, considering the guy just turned you into a frog, maybe we shouldn't be so quick to say what magic can and cannot do. So, Senior Magico tells Luke he basically needs time and he will be able to crack the spell because he's that good and will get the information. In the meantime, Luke needs to contact Cockroach Hamilton, which he sent to do a little research. Cockroach is somewhere downtown, sitting in his pimped out Cadillac with the fuzzy dashboard and the chain link steering wheel, trying to convince Cletus Disco Devil Evans that he still got what it takes. Because it's been a long time since Cletus has done about anything from the looks of him. And all of a sudden, Luke Cage gives him a call, and Cockroach doesn't seem too happy. Hold up, this is that sucker Luke Cage calling. Can't stand that fool always talking about sweet Christmas. I got a sweet Christmas for his punk ass. Luke, my main man, as he picks up the phone. Don't call me that. Now tell me, are you and Cletus following up on that lead? Luke, my main man, this is Don Trell you talking to. You can count on me like counting on the fingers on your hand, baby. Don't call me baby, ever. You got it, baby. And don't worry, because Don Trell and Cletus are on the case at the place, about to get up in some face, all up in that space. Stop calling me, baby. Stop talking like you're Dolomite and get to work. I'm the case, baby. Click. <laughs> um, just a little side note here. Uh, unfortunately, because I don't have anyone to bounce tangents off of, this will be a rather straightforward run through of this issue. Again, third time on this puppy. Um, Dolomite's a fantastic movie. A lot of movies that came out in the early 70s that were uh, black exploitation, I think David Walker will be touching upon. And it's a piece of our history, and it's just some fantastic stuff. Um, do some research, check it out. So Luke's stuffing his cell phone back in his front pocket, 
hoping these fools don't mess this up. Mess what up, Luke? As two people come towards Luke at the dock. Maybe it's time you told us the plan. Indeed, my plan. And we click right back to uh, Cockroach and Cletus. Cletus, this is the place Luke Cage wanted us to check out. We're on a mission. We're up in this like Liam Neeson player. I ain't no Liam Neeson. Man, back in the day, all the people talked about was you. Disco Devil this, Disco Devil that. Disco Devil was the cold-bloodiest player player. Who'd have thought Disco Devil would have turned out to be a punk? Talking about boo-hoo, I'm scared. You fought Black Goliath and whooped his too tall ass. Back to Luke. About my plan, it's like this. I, um, haven't thought this through completely. Back to Dontrell. I did serve it up to Black Goliath. You know what they say, the bigger they come, the harder they fall. That's what I'm talking about, homie. Disco devil, yo. Now we got Cletus getting out of the caddy. I can do this. That's right. I'm Cletus Evans, disco devil. I gave Black Goliath the beatdown of his life. And we click back to Cockroach going... Look at that fool right there. He about to get his ass kicked. And then we go back to Luke at the dock in front of the prison. And it turns out the two mystery people he's talking to are Melissa Gold, a.k.a. Songbird, and Dr. Noah Black, a.k.a. Centaurus, genius and reformed criminal, if any of our listeners can throw us a bone if Dr. Noah Black is actually Mach 1, a.k.a. The Beetle, because we don't know and we're too lazy to use Google. And basically, uh, Luke has a better, not a better moment, what's the proper term here? He un- lets it all out to these two because he obviously knows him. They say right out that, you know, uh, when they were in the Thunderbolts together, he treated them both with respect. And uh, so they're down with whatever Luke has planned. And uh, he basically is having a mini breakdown, is the best way I would say it. And this word bubble kind of like sums it up good here. Because I'm lost right now, I'm too close to all of this. My partner's in jail people being locked up for crimes they didn't commit and it's hitting me in my guts it's scrambling my brain and without help you know without someone helping me work through this fiddle faddle i would bust through those walls i can't lie to either of you it's what i want to do i want to tear that prison down brick by brick and and what what's wrong and all three of them are looking up in the sky, and Chris and uh, Luke Cage is uttering, Sweet Christmas, Easter, and Hanukkah. And as we turn the page, we're greeted with a half of a S.H.I.E.L.D. task force. We have Captain Marvel, we have Storm, we have Spectrum, we have Puck, we have Mockingbird, and we have Deathlock. With a bevy of other unknown agents in the air above them coming down from a uh, shield jet 
and Carol Danvers is saying, we need to talk. And Luke is saying, talk? Looks to me like you've come for more than a talk, Carol. And Carol basically drops that, we've seen what you're going to do, Luke. We know. And Puck comments in, but we're here to stop you. And Luke arms up basically is like, look, I know all of you and you all know me. There's no beef, no drama. Nobody owes anybody money. That means we can work this out like grown folks. Let's start with what it is you think I'm going to do. Enlighten me. And Carol says, let's not play games. I know that Danny is currently locked up here. And I know you're going to break him out. I've seen it. Again, this is referring to the... Um, not the mutant. The, oh, God. The guy who can see futures that is causing half of the Civil War II problems. Um, we, Luke, we know you and your friends. We've worked together. I wouldn't lie to you. I saw it. I experienced it. Seeing and experiencing are two different things. You're all talking about me. You're all, pardon me, you're all telling me you saw this the same way you saw what happened to Brody. Or did you experience it the way you experienced Banner getting killed? Storm pipes in with, Luke, you're not being reasonable like she's trying to hold Carol back, which she wouldn't be able to. Do not ever accuse me of being a reasonable. Not you. Not after all the accusations you and every mutant have faced. I've been accused of things I didn't do before. I went to prison for a crime I didn't commit. And now you come here looking to take me in for something you think I'm going to do with all due respect. You must be out of your knick-knack, patty-whacking minds if you think that's about to happen. Luke is not looking happy. Mockingbird pipes in with, Please, Luke, it doesn't have to be like this. Deathlock is charging his arm. Agreed, don't make this more difficult than it is already. Luke has got his fists up. Ain't a thing about this difficult for me, but you, Carol, you got a problem on your hands. Carol turns to her crew of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and says, I tried, you all saw that. Let's make it as quick and painless as possible. Carol's not winning any brownie points with me, guys, I can tell you that. Luke apologizes to his two friends, saying, Sorry, I dragged you two into this, and they like, We got your back. And, uh, Dr. Noah says, apology accepted, and let us inflict copious quantities of pain to the gluteus maximus. And Songbird says, what? And the next page is a full-blown fight scene with him uttering, let's kick ass, as he's getting socked dead in the face by Deathlock. But he's giving it right back. 
All right. Um, Connor's not here. We both enjoyed this episode. Uh, Connor definitely thought there could have been more to it. There's not a lot of action. There's a lot of talking, uh, which I don't have a problem with. Uh, David Walker has gone above and beyond with his writing. It may have taken him four issues to uh, find his groove, but he definitely has. And issue five forward has been fantastic. Um, there's a letter page where they actually drop that they wanted Danny to be a little carefree and goofy in the beginning because he's going to be going through some dark things relatively soon. So we have that to look forward to. There also is a shot of Power Man Iron Fist number 9 cover, which has the worst angle possible for Carol Danvers. Um, it's not pretty. And, uh, I'm hoping uh, Connor will click up a picture of this also in the show notes and on the Facebook page, along with the thumb-headed Luke Cage. But uh, all in all, a great issue, uh, great development. Um, Another fantastic appearance by Senior Magico. Again, we both liked it. Um, Our next show will be the one-year anniversary of the podcast where we will discuss um, Immortal Iron Fist and Living Weapon and what they have done with uh, Danny's background story and origin, which should be interesting for all of you. And that's what was requested, so that's what we're going to cover. Uh, please check out our Facebook page. We post a lot of there on there, uh, like with upcoming Iron Fist news and other Marvel-related items. Uh, as for Iron Fist news, since we last talked, uh, basically all they've shown is some on-set pictures of Colleen and Danny. And it looks like uh, from the pictures, they, of course, may have fought first before joining forces because that's what you do when you're superheroes. You have to fight first to become friends. But thanks for joining. Uh, thanks for listening. Catch you next episode, and Connor is gonna kick us out of this episode with the closing. Uh, always forward, later. Iron Fist and all the characters in these comics are properties of Marvel and Disney. And any music or images we use belong to their respective copyright holders, and we do this for fun, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at sonsofthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Just send us mail, comments, thoughts, send us anything you want really, even if it's not about Iron Fist. Um, and if you don't want it read it on the air, just mention that. Um, you can also reach us at Facebook, the Immortal Iron Fist Podcast, Sons of the Dragon, our Twitter, at Iron Fist Podcast, our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash sons of the dragon with hyphens where the spaces are our youtube connor carl just search iron fist podcast on youtube and you'll find us real quick and then there's our wordpress sons of the dragon the immortal iron fist podcast dot wordpress.com we are also on itunes feel free to rate us there if you rate us less than five stars well just tell us what we're doing wrong and we'll try and improve that and last but not least we are on podcast garden in the literature section And thanks to Thomas Tissot for the theme song at the start, and thanks.